Hi, and welcome to the DabblerCast. The DabblerCast is our new podcast um, coming here from our little farm, Dabbler Farm, in the beautiful Willamette Valley of Oregon, where we have our small uh, family-run farm at this point in time. Um, and this is the discussion that we're going to have around the um, farm. Our aspiration is to have a weekly podcast that talks about all sorts of things that I'll get into a, a minute. You know, the first question is, um, well, why did we name the farm um, Dabbler? Um, and I think the reason is because there's a lot of things that we are looking at and trying to do and trying to understand some things we have experience in, some things were rank neophytes, and really our goal is to help people understand we're dabbling in a lot of things that we may or may not be expert in, but that shouldn't stop us from giving it a try. The purpose of the podcast really is, well, I've been podcasting um, on and off for the last uh, 10 years or so, I guess a little bit longer, maybe more like 15 years, um, on various topics. And it's a way for me to um, connect with uh, like-minded folks and to hopefully provide some value to those who like to listen to podcasts. From the purpose of the farm, we, we have a big question that is uh, plaguing us, which is how do we live in the world today? I am taken aback when I read articles about the alarming rise of mental health issues and a mental health crisis amongst um, scientists and climate change scientists in particular, those who are closest to the data, who best understand what's happening on the planet, um, are not doing well right now because we're facing um, a lot of change. Some of it is likely to be cataclysmic to at least part of the population of this planet, and in the long run is going to affect the way every single human being, well, every organism, every plant, every animal um, that lives on this planet. Now, the good news is the earth will survive. Uh, life will go on, and this will be one of many big changes in the history of the planet. The bad news is that we may not be around to, to observe it, and there's um, something both... Um, reassuring about that and a little bit sad. Uh, of course, it's sad uh, because, well, we like observing and we like being a part of the planet, but it's reassuring in that something is going on here um, that has been happening since, you know, life emerged on the planet that is bigger than all of us. And um, we are only beginning to scratch the surface of in, even understanding what life is and what it means to be alive and what it means to be conscious. There's an, there's an old phrase um, and that I think is apropos to the world today, which is whist whistling past a graveyard. It's a, I looked it up. It's a few hundred years old. And it speaks to the human tendency to um, ignore or pretend things aren't happening in the, in the presence of danger, in the presence of catastrophe. And I'm afraid a lot of what is going on today in um, mainstream media, to use the, that tired trope, or um, the media altogether, is, is falling to one side or the other. A lot of them are, um, you know, just ignoring the, the crisis and hoping that we can have life go on like it has 
um, for the last 150, 200 years or so. And there's another um, bunch of folks who are um, gloomy and, um, you know, um, sort of doomerish. It's hard for the average person without devoting a lot of time to sorting through and trying to understand data um, to, to get through that. Well, um, I've been in the same dilemma everybody else has for the past few years. In fact, um, I graduated from high school in 1991. And um, in our biology classes, um, we were talking about climate change and the ozone layer and, and some of the same issues that are addressing us today. And I remember very distinctly in high school saying, hey, we got about 30 years. And you know what? The 30 years has gone by and here we are. We are at the front edge of... Um, of, of, of big change. Um, so what does this have to do with the farm? I'm only one generation removed from the farm. My, uh, my mother grew up on a, on a farm and, um, my father, his father, and, you know, a lot of my great uncles and those, they were all kind of uh, rural farmer type people. And in a future episode, we'll talk about that a little bit more, but I grew up in an environment where, um, people produced a lot of their own calories, their own vegetables out of their own gardens and um, shopped at local farmer stands, and um, we had a lot of fresh, um, you know, really high-quality uh, food that even though I was grew up in a square-on working-class neighborhood where there wasn't, you know, a lot of money, but we ate well, and I, I mean that in the, the way of, of well-rounded, um, tasty, good-quality produce, and, um, you know, I grew up at the feet of my grandmother and my mother um, canning this stuff, spending summer days in a hot kitchen, putting up the tomatoes, putting up the fruit. I spent days out there picking berries and picking trees and, um, um, and harvesting beans and, and all that stuff. So I was fortunate that I kind of had vision and um, a background to see what those things were like. My life path took me in other directions. Like most of you, I would get most of my calories from the grocery store. Every so often, if I had the space and time, I would plant a little tiny garden, but um, nothing that would really impact in a, in a, in a real way the, the way I ate and the way I engaged um, the planet. Uh, my partner, Kimmy, um, came a different path, and I'll let her tell her own story here in the future. But um, when we met, she lived in a fairly rural town, I grew up in a rural town, and at the time I was living in a, in a bigger metropolitan area. When we um, combined our families, we moved together to the city. And, um, you know, so she's only a few years removed from living in, in small towns. When our um, kids finally graduated from high school, we decided that we wanted to return a little bit to a more rural um, agriculture area, a smaller town. Uh, we wanted an, a college town that, um, you know, had had the arts and we hope to get a few acres ourselves and um, try our hand at growing more of what we produce. And um, I call it living close to the ground, which is trying to remove some of those steps of what happens between where the food is produced and where it comes to you. I mean, most of us go to the grocery store and we have no idea at any given time where this stuff even came from. We have no idea about the process. I think the more observant of us can um, identify the fact that there's less food variety um, in the grocery stores than there was 20 years ago or 30 years ago. And they can um, probably surmise that the number one factor on a lot of a produce that we have in the grocery store comes from 
how well it ships, how well it keeps, how well we can deliver, you know, consistent and lovely produce from the four corners of the world to the places that have these mega super grocery stores. I mentioned living close to the ground. Our idea is to, um, not in any sort of weird emergency way, not in any sort of way that's panicking, but how do we produce our own food? How can we organize our lives and our family around that? Um, how can we um, um, eat eat things that are fresh and in season and right off the vine? And of course, we have many of the same problems that um, uh, with the industrial meat industry that a lot of people um, have, that there are a lot of big places that, that seem unnecessarily cruel and unhealthy um, to the animals that, that live there. Now, none of us um, have chosen to be vegetarians, but we want to have respect for the, the things that we eat and give the animals, if it is in the case that we're going to eat them, we give them the best life we can and make sure that they're, they're healthy and um, well taken care of. And I think in conjunction with that is trying to eat uh, the, the least amount possible. And we'll, we'll talk about um, how we try to go about that and things like that in the future. You know, in short, I want to return to the way I grew up and to the quality of food we ate back then and bring back um, some of the things that have been missing. Um, I'll go back to the state of the world and I look around and for various reasons um, that I won't get into today, I don't really think the train can be stopped. I don't really think we can turn the ship around quite yet from a societal perspective. The way that our economies and our governments and the globalized um, network of um, shipping and money and banking, the way it's all set up, there's no brakes on the system right now. Now, it's my hope that as things get worse, uh, there'll be more and more people who are willing to take the change, to, to make the changes and to force the changes from our political leaders. But right now, the will is not there and the means are not there. And I think there is a lesson to be had in recycling over the past 30 years. Recycling has been something that has been given a lot of attention since I was a wee child. And, um, you know, we, we come to find out that most of the recycling, I think I read recently, um, only 22%, I don't know what the time span of this study was, um, of, of things that are intended to be recycled or things that go into recycling programs actually get recycled. And we find out that much of what we were doing was more about placating um, people's um, um, guilt than it was about actually making a difference on the planet. I'd only bring that up now today um, to use that as an example that sometimes the changes and the global things and the things we're, we're trying to do are not necessarily that effective. That's no criticism of the people who are trying to do them, but um, it dawned on me a couple years ago that there needs to be another approach. And that approach is not necessarily trying to solve the world's problems where I, I can't solve the world's problems. I don't even know how to solve the world's problems, but I can try to build something where I am at. I can try to change the way I um, interact with the world. I can try to champion and build the culture and the friendships and the bonds that I think are a better place for the world. Um, as I've been on this journey so far, we've been we've been doing this for uh, we've been here at, at, at Dabbler Farm for two years, and there was about five years prior to that. I did a lot of 
uh, intensive study and learning and trying to find out what exactly I wanted to do and how I'd go about it and where I would do it, um, I found that Sturgeon's Law applies. Um, Sturgeon's Law is the idea, it's, it's, um, it's talked about in technological circles, um, but Sturgeon's Law to summarize is that 90% of everything is crap. Um, and I think the guy originally said everything is crud, but uh, that word's not as... Um, not as uh, fashionable these days. So um, there's a lot of misinformation and just bad content out there about farming and gardening and um, raising uh, vegetables. And there's a lot of people with different agendas um, who, who are coming into the space. I see a lot of things online by people who are talking about theories that they've never practiced. I see a lot of people online who are about the performance of, 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 of the action. I'll give, I'll give an example. I, I see a lot of videos on YouTube where somebody comes onto their little farm or their little homestead or their permaculture rig and they show this thing they've set up. Here's this strawberry tower. Here's this uh, potato box. But they're really showing you it being built. I want to see what the thing looks like three years later. I want to know how many pounds of potatoes they got out of it. I want to know how that compared to the potatoes they grew in, um, just in a, in, a, in a heap of dirt um, 10 feet away. And that information seems to be missing. So one of the points of, of this podcast is to help kind of steer through the muck and figure out what is the most valuable. We are committed to science and the scientific method and using um, real research and real um, on-the-ground experience to find um, what, is, what is best. My hope with this podcast is to talk to individuals, thinkers, and practitioners in this space, to post and share the best in research and findings out there, to um, share our experiences and um, share our um, successes and, um, and expose our failures and our humanity and um, um, do it in a way that is not um, performative. Um, in the past couple of years, um, as I've been in certain podcast circles, I have been um, not really happy that the cameras are always on because it was always, it was never about me. And, um, so I made the choice with this podcast to keep it dark because I think that, um, there's something to be, um, there's something special about radio. There's something special about, um, audio, that voice in the darkness that, um, helps us connect better. I personally think it's because we spent tens of thousands of years evolving, telling each other stories around fire in the dark. And, um, it is, I think one of the most effective, um, ways that human beings can communicate. Um, lastly, I do want to say this. Um, life on, on this planet has been hard for most everybody historically. And, um, you know, humankind um, has faced um, disaster after disaster, disaster after disaster. A large percentage of the population at any given time historically is living in um, crushing poverty. Um, the number of people who today still die of starvation and malnutrition is shameful. Um, and people have experienced some real terrible things. Um, knowing that, we can look at what's happening to the planet today and we can really get into a navel-gazy sort of woe is me. And although I do think it's important to monitor and know what's happening on, 
I think we have a moral responsibility to find joy in the life that we have and what we are given. In the end, we live here for a short time in consciousness. We spend eternity um, before we're born without really engaging the world, without knowing anything, and then we die. And in my belief, um, death is the end of you as an individual. And it would be a shame to not find the things that are wonderful, um, even in the face of disaster, because so many of our ancestors and so many of our brothers and sisters around the planet find disaster all the time that it's not reason to quit. And I hope that imbues the spirit of this um, podcast and this endeavor, that that we have to be realistic about what is happening in the world today. We have to be realistic in how we change ourselves and live in the world, but we can do so um, um, with joy. So I hope if this um, speaks to you, um, you will join me and my friends on this journey. Um, I look at the next 20, 25 years and the next 100 years after that, and the next 300 years after that, it's going to be a bumpy ride. Um, there is no, no way around the fact that things in the next 300 years will not be changing significantly. And that's not that big of a prediction. I'm not going out on a limb. If we look back the last 300 years, things have been changing significantly. many ways, it's uh, been great. It's been wonderful. In many ways, um, we took some dead ends. We took made some choices that, in retrospect, were not the greatest in, in the world. So um, join me uh, weekly here. Um, I'm going to work to get this uh, published out there. If you um, enjoy this and want to um, help, we would be honored to um, accept your help. We do believe, as one of our principles, I'll be talking about in the next coming weeks, in the free exchange of information. So I don't ever want to put a paywall up in front of things that are important for people. But um, right now we um, set up a GoFundMe. It is available on our website, which is dabblerfarm.org, uh, where we are trying to um, elicit a little bit of help to um, build some hoop houses to help us um, grow more. There's information on the website at dabblerfarm.org. But, um, the, but that's your choice. And um, I hope either way uh, that you'll, um, you'll um, share this journey with me. Thanks again for your time, and I look forward to talking in the future.